Welcome to Cracks in the Foundation with Tallulah Rose. Let's start with, I one, I'm really bad at, and what I wanted to work on was getting like intros and being like, hi, how are you? <laughs> but we're already here. Intros so, are for squares. They are. So firstly, we're going to say, what do you do? <laughs> Explain to the people what you do, all the okay. good things. So I consider myself a health coach, which is a very vague version, I guess you can say of what I do. Um, it's kind of like an online personal trainer slash nutritionist slash mindset coach all in one term. Um, so I work online with, um, women. Um, I would say my main clientele are women who have been a victim of diet culture and have been under eating for a long time. Um, and because of that, have a hard time reaching their goals or have a lot of hormonal and metabolic, um, issues stemming from that. So it's kind of like this long drawn out process I go through with clients to get their body pretty much working to the way it's supposed to. And then with that, helping them reach their goals in a healthy manner and just incorporating like lifestyle and health habits that are sustainable and attainable for the rest of your life. So that's kind of what I do. That's your elevator pitch. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You talk about mindset a lot with your clients. So one of the first questions I wanted to ask was just, you started as like a fitness coach. I mean, you went to school for can I, I can't ever say it. Yep. Yeah. This is the K one. <laughs> and you started with fitness coaching, but mindset's such an important part of your process. So when did you start learning kind of that that needed to be incorporated more and that was kind of lacking in the fitness industry? Yeah. So being in the fitness industry and like working in gyms and studios for a long time, um, I really began to realize how kind of toxic the industry can be for people just because nutrition and exercise really is more of a mental game than like the physical aspect of it. Um, especially with the fitness industry, I feel like it often feeds off of people's insecurities to like make sales and like get them in the doors. Like for instance, I work, I worked at a gym that marketed this, the workout to where you'll see results in 10 workouts which is like crazy. It's nonsense. Um, but people would spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on it because they thought that's what they were getting. But, um, so once I started doing like my own business and taking my own clients, um, I wanted to shift away more from like the physical aesthetic aspect of fitness and wanting to like dive in a little deeper to get a more deeper why rather than you know, I want to lose 10 pounds because what does losing 10 pounds really even mean to you? Like if you don't love yourself and accept yourself right now, you're not going to love yourself or accept yourself when you're 10 pounds lighter. So it's just getting to a deeper why and trying to find more of like an intrinsic motivation versus an extrinsic motivation, because those are the ones that don't really stick when you have, you know, a better 
deeper why, like say for instance, I would say a great motivation for people would be for women wanting to have energy to play with their children or wanting to travel the world and not have to worry about, oh, can I walk this distance or whatever? I think those are much better whys and motivation than, you know, I want to look good for summer ever will be. So that's something I do with my clients as we meet in the beginning and we get a really solid idea of like what this health and fitness journey is going to do for you rather than like wanting to be a size two. Um, yeah, I think we've lost touch with that a lot <laughs> in this industry. Um, cause yeah, it is, like I said, it could be very toxic when you're being constantly advertised, like that you should be a certain size and you'll lose 15 pounds in two weeks. It's just so, it's not good. And so I think when we just, you know, get in the mindset that this is like a lifestyle, this is what I want to do every single day to be the best version of myself, I think is a much better and healthier way to do it than kind of putting an end goal. Like, Oh, once you hit this 10 pounds and you're good, that's not really how it works. And there's no like easy fix and it's a constant kind of journey with the weight. I mean, cause when we work together, I don't really focus on the weight aspect. Can you, I know I had to at the beginning or like just to know, but I guess can people live healthier lives without even touching the scale again? Or is that, do you kind of have to be aware of it at first? Um, I personally don't weigh myself at all. I don't really see the point. Um, so to answer your question, no, I don't think it's ever really necessary to know your weight at all. I think there's much better markers, um, to know if you're making progress, like one, how you feel, what's your energy like? Are you sleeping good? Do you feel hungry? Um, are you eating often? You know, things like that. How's your bowel movements? Like, are you getting sick often? I think those are much better markers of health than weight ever will be. And I do ask my clients in the beginning to weigh themselves just because it gives me a good, a better idea to know how much you should be eating, especially for the women that I work with who are under eating. It just helps me make like a better, you know, calculated idea of, you know, how much you should be feeling your body. But no, I don't think it's ever necessary to weigh yourself as a marker for health. And do you think that the majority of your clients are under eating or do you think, because you mostly work with women, I assume that a lot of them are just stuck in dieting. Yes. I would say most of them are really under eating, which is like so mm -hmm. crazy because it's, I think it's partially, I live in Southern California. So it's, you mm -hmm. know, diet culture is crazy over here, but yes, I think we've been programmed to believe that women need to be as small as possible. And then in order to get that is like, we need to eat less and less and less, which yes, to a point, like if you're trying to lose weight, you should be eating less, but we've gotten to this point where we're eating less so consistently that our metabolisms are just like not working properly anymore. Yeah. So I've, I've like a, I think she's like 56 year old client and she's been eating like 1100 calories for like five years. And she's probably like five ten. She should be eating like 2200 calories and like that's so common i think people are afraid to eat just because of like the culture 
But in reality, if you eat good food consistently and you work out consistently, you're not going to gain weight. Like you're going to be fueling your metabolism. You're constantly going to be burning and burning and burning. That's kind of how it works. And we've gotten really removed from that aspect, which is it's sad because food is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) I love eating and like, I want everyone to eat and enjoy themselves and enjoy the holidays and not to stress about it. And so I just want to help women really form a better relationship with food and that it's okay to eat and you don't need to be starving yourself to reach your goals. Is there any like telltale signs that you're not kind of eating enough? Like, do people have the same reactions in their body or is it kind of different for everyone? Uh, it, it definitely is different for everyone. And I think people get really used to how they feel and they don't realize that they should be feeling better, but you just like, don't know what you don't know. I'd say one thing for sure is if you don't feel like hunger ever, that's normally mm-hmm. a sign you're under eating because, um, hunger is just a hormonal response. And so oftentimes when your metabolism is slowed down, your hormonal responses also slow down. Um, so when you don't have that, that's normally a sign you're under eating, um, poor sleep, waking up a lot in the middle of the night, normally a sign you're under eating or having a hard time falling asleep, um, brain fog, having a hard time focusing, um, just kind of feeling like, you know, just sluggish and just there would be a sign. But like I said, oftentimes people just kind of think that's how they are and they just don't know what they don't know because they're stuck in that. It's one of my favorite things ever when I have clients like incorporate more calories, like over a period of time. And there's like, I have so much energy. Like even you were like, you're like, I'm going to start two businesses. (laughs) (laughs) Like You just feel so motivated and so energized. And it's like, you don't know how good you're going to feel until you're there. And, um, yeah. So that's like my favorite thing when people tell me that, and even like having, um, like no sex drive too. Mm -hmm. And that's a big one. Um, having low libido is normally a sign that you are under eating. Yeah, I noticed that it was cool because when I started, I was an under eater and well, I still kind of am right now, but like when I was, <laughs> it's a process when I was hitting like what I needed to hit and getting like really specific about how good I was eating, I did feel good. But then it was interesting to see when I went backwards a little bit and not eating, how quickly, like how much more intense those symptoms kind of crept up and how. Mm-hmm. I couldn't even handle going back to that way where in the past it was like, Oh, I could last like weeks and weeks of just eating like under like 1100 calories because I was like, Oh, I'm fine. Like I can just push through it. But now I just, when I go back, I can't push through at all. And I'm just like bedridden (laughs) because I can feel it so much more intensely, which I never expect how quickly that happens. Even when I don't like with you, I cut out sugar and stuff. Not uh, like, I didn't think I was overeating it. It just was happening because I had so many good foods. And then when I tried to have something with sugar, like I had ice cream, I was like, this tastes like shit. Yeah. (laughs) Like I hated it so much. It's pretty crazy how adaptable the body is. Um, I made a whole post about this it's, it's just like something no one's going to tell you once you start eating like a healthy lifestyle is 
once you start incorporating healthy lifestyle consistently, and then you do, like you said, like revert to old ways or like one day I had like nine Oreos because I was just like hormonal and like I was craving sugar. Oh my God. The next day I felt so terrible. Like I felt like I had a full on hangover and I didn't have any alcohol. I just had brain fog. Like my eyes hurt. Like I could barely get out of bed when normally I wake up at like five 30 in the morning, like ready to conquer the day. I was just like, so sluggish and it's, it's pretty crazy how fast your body adapts. Um, and yeah, and like, it really puts a light on which foods fuel you and like which foods are more poison for you and things like that. And I think like you notice like your period symptoms were like a lot worse because you were under eating. And I think that alone, like the whole hormonal thing is, should be more of an emphasis in women's health. Um, because it really does the foods that you're eating and your level act of activity really changes your, like I said, your period symptoms, like your menopausal symptoms or whatever, it really does make a big difference. And I think that should be more of a spotlight rather than, you know, trying to be a size zero, which is like so unrealistic and like unimportant. (laughs) Yeah. And they don't really teach you that like your period symptoms and PMS and everything like that's not normal (laughs) and Mm -hmm. it's actually more normal not to have anything so instead of pushing birth control on you they don't even talk to you about your nutrition they just say like oh that's your period like you're wrong and we need to fix you rather than looking at like okay what am I actually putting into my body right now or like what am I not putting into my body if you're not eating right yeah absolutely and that pain I mean for me personally I kind of noticed like I crave like beans and sweet potatoes and stuff mm-hmm. and when I don't have those. Like it feels like my menstrual cycle is like grabbing at nothing. And that's when the pain starts is because it's like, it has nothing to support it. So it's just like vibrating exactly. <laughs> on its own. And like, I mean, I'm, I'm still kind of learning like the process of like what you should eat and be minimizing in each different phase of your menstrual cycle. And I find it so fascinating, but that alone should be a reason why like women, you need to eat carbs. You need to eat even more when you're on your period, you need to be doing like, you know, high physical intensity, um, activity, like a couple weeks leading up. And then when you're, you know, in your, your, in your cycle, you need to like do more yoga and more walks and just listening to your body and and things like that and prioritizing, you know, for you, like I tell you, eat high magnesium foods. That's going to be really beneficial. You have bad symptoms and things like that. So I'm hoping that message is starting to become more widely known. Unfortunately, you're right. Like we live in this world where having period symptoms, it's not supposed to be normal, but it's extremely common. And I think instead of putting like a bandaid and, you know, taking hormonal birth control, rather than like getting back to your roots and like eating good food and training the way your body should be training should be like a much more bigger emphasis than, you know, taking a pill to like mask your symptoms. It's not helping anything. <laughs> I mean, that's a common thread of the medical community. It's just, yeah. we're just going to give you this to mask everything. <laughs> I know that's it's so on. frustrating. Or I would go to the doctor and they'd be like, oh, you're not drinking enough water. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I'm drinking too much. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine. But like I am. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Like nothing's like, nothing bothers me more when like I have a 
a doctor who's like obviously obese and like smokes cigarettes on their break. I'm like, what? <laughs> I can't take advice from you. Like yeah. we need to get back to the roots of what health is and stop taking a pill. Even though it's just a foundation and I think knowledge goes a long way where it's like, if you have this knowledge of like what nutrition is supposed to look like rather than that stupid fucking pyramid we all got <laughs> shown in school. Yeah. Yes. Like, that didn't even make any sense. And the health coaches we had didn't even know what it meant. And now all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, that was just like corporations buying that model. Yes. It wasn't actually like a true thing. And I think we all have that stuck in our head where it's like, oh, that's nutrition. That's easy. I can do that whenever I want. Right. Like, you no. can eat as much cereal as you want. <laughs> it's very, yeah, I feel like not enough education. And then as if you have the foundation, then you can go to like a doctor and be like, okay, I have everything right. And I know what I'm doing. These are the symptoms. And I feel like we're just kind of throwing darts at nothing right now because none of us are actually knowledgeable about what we should be eating or like our own bodies and getting in tune with that. Mm-hmm. That's not saying everyone should eat the same thing. It's just like, no, definitely not knowing your own body and your own yeah. chemistry. And that like, you focus a lot on micros rather than macros. So mm-hmm. I wanted you to talk a little bit about like the differences. Cause I feel like when you start getting into health, <laughs> macros get like shoved in your face and you're mm-hmm. like oh but I'm eating like ice cream so I'm getting the fat and the <laughs> the carbs so that's fine <laughs> yeah um so macros are your energy sources so with everything you eat we have three energy sources and those are your proteins carbs and fats and so those three things are what make up your calories for the day so I mean it's so huge in the fitness industry to track your macros, to reach your goals. Like it's just a really simple equation, um, to make your calories. Like if you have, you know, weightlifting or bodybuilding goals, like you should be eating a lot more protein and carbs and a little bit less fats and things like that. So often people really focus on the macros, especially when you first start in your health and fitness journey which is great. But the reason I focus more on micronutrients, which are your vitamins and minerals that make up your food is because you can hit your macros, essentially eating white bread and like processed deli meats (laughs) all day long. And that's it. And then you can hit your macros. And so Yes, you might be able to, you know, lose weight if that's what your focus is, if you're in like a calorie deficit, but is it really like the healthiest thing for you? Not necessarily, because like I said, you can be eating like total garbage and still hitting your macros and losing weight, but is it, you know, good metabolically for you? Is it good for your hormones? Like your thyroid needs so many different vitamins just to be like working properly. So I think if we focus far more on your micros and hitting those, you're a thousand percent going to be hitting your macros too, if that's your focus, but it doesn't really work the other way around. If, like I said, you'd be eating wonder bread and salami all day and you'll be hitting your macros, but doesn't mean you're getting a wide balance of different types of foods to be fueling like all your body's, you know, systems. Um, So yeah, I like to focus on micros because you really do need to have a wide range of food in your diet to actually hit that. And that'll be 
obviously like a way more better balanced diet. You like beans, a wide range of vegetables and fruits and healthy grains and quality proteins and things like that, which is a far better indicator of your health rather than just focusing on calories. So that's what I like to do with my clients. Mm -hmm. And how do you kind of, I mean, you did this with me, but like if someone wanted to do this on their own and let's say they were like me and just weren't eating properly, what is like one of the pieces of advice you would give to like start bringing in more calories without just like going to the other end and eating like 2000 and like, yeah, <laughs> shove your face. So like I said before, your body is super adaptable. So obviously if you're going to want to incorporate more calories, you don't just want to and I've heard fitness professionals tell people to do this and it drives me insane. You don't just want to like, like you said, go to from a thousand calories to 2000 calories like that, because, um, that's a shock to your system. Your body's not going to know how to process that amount of calories. So it's going to store it. So I always start slow. I would start by, you know, start tracking how much you eat. So, you know, like what's a good average. So say your average is 1200 calories. Okay. So that's your foundation. So you want to build up probably about 50 to a hundred more calories each week. I would start with 50, add 50 more calories each week. See how you feel. See if your body adjusted. Well, you're not like engorging yourself with food. You're not like forcing yourself to eat. So that's a good sign. You feel good. Okay. Next week, add 50 more calories. And so it's, it's same thing with weight loss. You want to just do a little bit at a time. And so same thing when you're adding more calories and that way, when you do it and you're training, I would try training as well. Um, that those extra calories are going to be going towards your muscle mass rather than your fat mass. So if you went zero to hundred, it would probably store as fat mass, which obviously we don't want. Um, so if you incorporate little bits at a time, your body will adapt and it will make, you know, that new amount of calories, your maintenance calories. Um, so I always say start small. Um, if you feel like it's hard to eat more, eat more high calorie foods, like eat peanut butter and eat beans, things like that. And nuts that we way you beans. don't have to, you love beans. I love that you love beans. <laughs> They're so good for you. <laughs> yeah. So just things like that, like incorporating like a protein bar, like obviously I would prefer like real food over a protein bar, but like you need the calories. So it's like adding one thing extra, a little bit more calories, extra a week at a time will make a big difference. And then until you hit that, like, you know, healthy maintenance calories, and then you just maintain from there. Mm -hmm. And so, so that's for someone who wants to get a nutrition, but then what about like, say you're like 30 years old, you haven't exercised probably since high school. What is like mm -hmm. one thing? Cause I feel there's this huge, you get the gym membership and then you go and you're just like terrified to touch anything. Right, so you don't right. want to do it. And it's really easy to get kind of down on yourself when you don't see immediate results or you feel like you can't push yourself through exercise. Like what's one thing, like your older clients, what's one thing you have them start doing? First and foremost, I think more important than anything is finding something that you're going to enjoy. Um, because you're never going to stay consistent and you're never going to reach your goals. If you're doing something that you absolutely dread, like if you hate going to the gym, you're never going to go consistently. So what's the point? 
So finding something that you can find fun, whether that's like yoga or Pilates or weightlifting, like CrossFit, whatever, something that you find enjoyable is first and foremost, the number one, most important thing. Um, Cause at the end of the day, your body just wants movement. And if you pair that with something that's fun, your body's going to respond much better than you're just forcing yourself to do something that you don't want to do. Um, with that being said, if I have female clients that are severely under eating, I always recommend weightlifting because there's just so much research on how beneficial it is for your hormones and your metabolism um, in the long term versus where I feel like our culture gets stuck in these like high intensity cardio classes, which are not necessarily the best for us metabolically, especially if we're under eating. So I will always recommend trying to strength train. And I think one way to do that in the beginning is hire a coach. Um, it's super easy to hurt yourself and mm. just get overwhelmed. You know, there's so many people in the gym, there's, you know, meathead dudes who are throwing their weights <laughs> everywhere. It can be like really intimidating when you don't know what you're doing. So I definitely think hiring a coach at least once a week until you feel comfortable and you kind of have an idea on form and how to kind of program for yourself is definitely the best way to go about it. Yeah, it's always fun. I mean, I've always enjoyed having a coach. I've done it two other times. Yeah, in my life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I always recommend it for people. But um, other question, how do you feel about resolutions? <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's a great question. <laughs> I go back and forth. I think they can definitely be overdone. It's kind of like, the concept of dieting anyway it's kind of like there's an end goal and then like once you reach that then you're done and that's not really ever ever the case like there's never an end goal to health um I think if you want to like make a resolution you should definitely have a game plan to reach that um and like I said before the whole mindset thing really finding your why to why you want to do it because you're never going to stick to it unless you have a solid why. Um, but yeah, I think, I think we just get really caught up in this all or nothing thinking and like, I'm going to go to the gym every single day this year. Like, no, you're not. <laughs> no one in their right mind should ever go to the gym every single day. It's just, it's just so this all or nothing thinking. It's so easy to get caught up in it. And then when you don't have a plan and you don't have, you know, accountability, it's, you know, more than likely going to fail. So I think that's why it's just important to always start small um, and build up. Like even with my clients, like if what's one thing you can do, anyone can do right now to make them feel better, get eight hours of sleep every single night. You'll probably be way healthier if you do that then starting any diet or like any crazy exercise regimen. And then you like make that a habit. Once that's a habit, okay, now what's something else you can incorporate? Okay. A uh, hundred ounces of water every single day. If you do those two things, you'll probably be like way more healthy than you ever did keto or paleo, <laughs> you know? And so, like I said, it's just starting small, creating habits that'll last you a lifetime rather than this like mentality of like, okay, 
if I do this for a year, like I'm going to lose 20 pounds. And I think that's why people like fall off their resolutions. They're just so extreme. They're so all or nothing thinking, and they don't really have a plan going into it. So it's, or accountability. So it's kind of easy just to fall right off. Yeah. It's all about like setting yourself up. So having like your clothes laid out in the morning and like those kind of things Mm -hmm. that will kind of get you moving. I mean, you even did that when you went through that phase because you you're like me and like running is just not, (laughs) (laughs) I'm just, I don't enjoy it. And you, Uh you didn't, but then I remember there was one year where all of a sudden you were like, I'm going to change that. And then you just started running like miles and miles. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's super easy to get caught up in these things that we convince ourselves that like we can't do. Like I've always been bad at running my entire life. Like I've just always been like a, very like anaerobic, like power athlete. So very just like short burst energy, but give it my all, like kind of like a sprinter would be an example of that. Mm -hmm. So I just always convinced myself I'd be terrible at running, but I think that's such like a limiting belief. And that's goes back to the whole mindset coaching thing too. It's like, why do I, why did I convince myself I'm a bad runner? Like I never even gave myself a shot. I think, I think I got really into it once because I was listening to David Goggins and he's just like so extreme, but it really like pumped me up. I'm like, why, why would I ever convince myself I can't do anything? And then like, I just did it and I kept doing it. And then like, before I knew it, I was running a half marathon. I didn't even think I could run a mile. I'm like, I'm telling you, I'm a terrible runner, but like, it's such like, it's, it's very empowering to like, get past those beliefs we've like convinced ourselves of like, but I'm just not a runner. Like says who, like, I've never even given myself a chance to be a runner, you know? Yeah. We discredit our bodies so quickly, especially women. Like I would always tell myself like, oh, I can't. I don't know, do all these things. I was like, I was playing three sports in high school in a row, like (laughs) all the time. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I can't do anything. I'm a woman. And I'm like, when did that start? (laughs) Yeah, it was like crazy. I remember when we first started working together, you're just like, I don't know, like you're just talking about how you're, you don't feel like you can be strong and like lift weight again. And then like in a matter of a month, you like doubled your (laughs) lifts. (laughs) It was insane. (laughs) Because I did deadlifting when I was like 19, 20 to 22. Mm-hmm. And then um, I just, it wasn't for me anymore. And I had a really toxic relationship with it. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, I kind of want to get back into it. And then <laughs> I was like, but I'm going to be so weak. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't. And it was just funny to see because the first day I had like, my arms were really shaky. Like, because I had like muscle shock. I think, cause I kind of just yeah. went into it too. <laughs> I run into things like a bowl and I know that, but, <laughs> and then after that I was like, oh, this is easy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Like once you like get your mindset, right? Like you, we are capable of literally anything. The only thing stopping us is ourselves. So that's why I like really like to always check in with my clients and see how they're feeling about themselves and things like that and just have that growth mindset and get rid of that like fixed limiting mindset I think is so important any journey I think we just need to realize how capable we are as human beings yeah it seems like uh like a fitness journey is almost on the same par as like your spiritual journey and your like psychological journey in general so 
it doesn't surprise me that like mental health is so tied with like health as well. Just body health and yeah, what were I know you mentioned David Goggins. He's a wasn't he in the Navy? No. Yes, he is an ex-former um Navy SEAL. So like dogs yes he is okay he's like on another level of intense which is there's a time and place for it but it's not a level to be at like forever it's it could be very toxic but I think there's always a time and place for you to challenge yourself what were other um so David Goggins but well he was like inspiring for you what are other either books or people that kind of showed you that how important mindset was and how to kind of shift that so that anyone can kind of start learning this. Um, this is going to sound really funny, but there's this other coach I follow and her name is Casey Joe. And like, like, actually her name is coach Casey Joe spelled the same way as me. And I only clicked on her. I was listening to this podcast. It's called the key nutrition podcast, which he's also awesome. His Instagram handle is the sober bodybuilder. Um, so he talks a lot about like mindset anyway. I clicked on I clicked on their podcast. It's like, oh my god, there's another coach, Casey Joe. It's like there's no way. And turns out she's awesome and she has a, a PhD in psychology and she talks very in-depth about um mindset and in any aspect, how it's super important to implement more of a growth mindset, which just means like taking challenges for like, as they are and take them as they come and like overpass them rather than taking a challenge and just convincing yourself like, Oh, I can't do it. Like it's just, you know, taking failure as just like another step forward and how you can learn and things like that. And I think she does a really good job at explaining, um, mindset. And so her whole premise is based around mindset coaching, which is awesome. Um, so she kind of, introduced me to how I can implement that in my own life as, and especially as a coach, like with, like there's one thing to understand it. And then there's another, another aspect of like coaching it to other people. So she does a really good job with that. Um, and then just like, you know, you know, me, we talk about spirituality stuff all the time, all the time, (laughs) all the time. And just, you know, the law of attraction and things like that, I think are, come into play if every aspect of your life and like visualization and just, you know, your words and your thoughts, they form your reality. And I mean, I, I think I first got into that because of the secret, which is Rhonda Burns. I think we, (laughs) you, you read it and you're like, you gotta read this. I know. I know. Right. It's like, it's literally like law of attraction for dummies, but I love it. Yeah. (laughs) I really responded to, um, Joe Dispenza, obviously. Like, I mm, love, yes, yes. If you like the more like technical side of it, but the secrets. I love because he's so science based. Yeah, and I that's how I am too. Um, but the secret was like definitely the foundation, and then like Joe Dispenza was like the next step. And like mm-hmm. I love him because I'm very much a science based person, and like I like the fact, and he has it. He has the research, and it's it's amazing how you can get the research for like a such a spiritual concept like that. That's so woo woo for people. Mm-hmm. I like <laughs> I've been really enjoying this idea of like positive delusion <laughs> explain <laughs> I just like the idea of like people consider me delusional there's this artist his name's Russ I don't know if you've uh-huh. mm-hmm. heard him before but he wrote a book and he um he was on the good life project I think it was okay maybe 
No, he was on um, Jay Shetty's podcast. Yeah, that's what oh, it is. Oh, I love him. Yeah, so life. Russ was on there and Russ makes music like almost every single day. Like he's always in the studio and he was talking about that before he became successful and was famous and everything. He still lived in the delusion that he was those things. And like Kevin Hart's mentioned it before. And there's just a lot of people that say like living in the delusional world and as if you already are those things kind of projects you into them and that's kind of what Joe Dispenza says in a very nicer way yeah yeah (laughs) it's like calling someone delusional is kind of I don't know a little (laughs) but I've kind of been enjoying it (laughs) yeah I just think stepping into that person that you want to become like who's to say you can't you you have permission to be anyone you want to be and change whatever you want. So like, might as well be that person that you want to be. I think it's so powerful. Yeah. That's really you're, funny though. <laughs> you're delusional either way. Like you're either negatively yeah. delusional or you're like, I'm the best. <laughs> right. So might as well fuel it in a positive aspect. <laughs> yeah. Like what's wrong with that? <laughs> yeah. I love that actually. And there's a, um, Oh, I forgot her name. Carol, Carol. The, she's a pole dancer on Instagram that I always send you oh, yeah. videos of. She lives, she always likes living in delusion. Like she talks about it all the time. And she was posting how she was going to be, she was going to be in an arena this year on stage. And, oh. and like last year she just blew up because she became like a backup dancer for SZA and like mm-hmm. choreographed one of SZA's music videos and all this stuff. And like, it was so weird to see the leading up because I had followed her way before all of that. So stuff. she was like saying that she was going to do these things, even though like they weren't in no. the present. Reality. She was just and in her apartment. Happened. Yeah, she was in her apartment, just on a pole, and then she was like, <laughs> "I'm going to do all this stuff." And then I love that. here we are. <laughs> so good. Yeah, it's pretty fun to see, and I like creating spaces where it's like curating people that are already doing those things rather than just like people that have like a shitty mindset too. Like you don't want to be on Instagram looking at people that you know, that's like, they're also in a place that you don't really want to stay in. Right. And it's, I'd rather look at people that I don't really know that are in that delusional space where I'm like, Oh, they did do this and they can be delusional and like happy and healthy and all these things. So like, why not? Even you you follow those people. The people like the that have that mindset, or yeah, you like you were you made a comment how you don't like following people you know that like are in a space you don't want to be. Do you like still follow them or do you unfollow them? Um, I hide their content. <laughs> oh, I didn't even know you can do that. <laughs> you can go on and just say, I don't know, I think it's called hide, and you can just hide them off your timeline so their stories and their posts won't show up. So, like. Oh. I'm outing myself. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes you just have to do that. Even if you love them, it's just like they might not be in a space that is conducive for what you're trying to go towards. Like there was this myth when I was growing up in school and this is going to sound horrible. I don't know if you've ever heard this, but it was like similar to like you are the five people that you surround yourself with kind Mm. of thing. But when I was a girl growing up, I would get told that I would be the weight of whoever was in my group. Like the, like the weight stays together. So like skinny girls all hang out with skinny girls. Like those are the things. So if I had friends that were like 
obese or anything, then I would become obese. And that was like my mindset growing up. It was horrible. (laughs) Yeah. I did a lot of work where I was like, no, like I can meet anyone where they are. But I think a lot of people have that mindset because of those things. Like, oh, you are the people you surround yourself. So I didn't block people out, but I had that fear like, oh, I have to become that weight now. And I would see myself like gravitating towards unhealthy things. And Mm -hmm. it depends on everyone's mindset, I think. So if it's helpful for you, like sometimes I had to remove myself from people because I couldn't shield myself from their mindset rubbing off on me. So I think it's kind of like knowing yourself and understanding like, I hate that phrase. Like you are the five people you surround yourself with because I feel like it doesn't, it makes you afraid of people. <laughs> almost. <Yes. laughs> and yes. I think you can be around people at any stage of their lives, but it's just like finding your goals and things like that. And then curating what you see, not necessarily who you're around, but like things you see every day to be more conducive to a mindset shift. No, yeah, I, I like that a lot. Cause I think like no matter what, you can give love to anyone. And like, that's, I mean, that's the whole human experience, right? Is just to spread love. And so it'd be kind of like fucked up if you're just like, (laughs) like, sorry, you're like bad vibes for me. I can't like talk to you. Like, you know, that's totally ridiculous. But I mean, I think there is a point to, you know, who you spend most of your time with. I think you want to have, you know, good, positive, loving growth energy rather than people who kind of are you, you, you coin it slime and I love that. And I always use it. <laughs> yeah. They but. slimed me. I didn't want to be slimed. <laughs> <laughs> I still use that all the time. You told me that like four years ago and I'm like, it's so perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I would walk into a room and like, I think the difference is, is like, can someone be happy for you if you're achieving what they won't? And yes, if that's the case, then you have to reassess who you're around. Mm. Yes. Because I think like health career, love, like whatever it is, if you're around people that love and support you, regardless of where they are at in their journey and like vice versa, then that's totally fine. But if they try to put you down and like make you feel bad for like making healthier choices or like changing your diet so like you feel better. And if they start like, I remember I worked with this one lady and I I would bring my own food and I like don't really eat gluten. Like I have intolerance kind of thing. I don't know what it is. It doesn't matter, but I would bring in in a salad and she would be like, well, not everyone can be as perfect as like Deanna. And I'd be like, sorry. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. I had, I was in like a friend group who did the whole same thing with me. Like Mm. I was trying to eat healthier and then they would like kind of make me feel like shit for it. I'm like, why like that's such a stupid reason to like call someone out for but I mean I'm not friends with them anymore and (laughs) (laughs) yeah I think that's the difference is just like finding that so with people and I think there's a difference between people you interact with in real life and Instagram like I hide (laughs) it's kind of I'm like digging myself into a hole (laughs) (laughs) like I hide people's stuff on Instagram because like I'm not interacting with them. So what they're posting isn't what I would like to be, if that Uh, makes sense. But if I interact with them and they're happy for where I'm at, then that's different. But since Instagram is such a curated space, like it's okay to hide people's stuff if that's what you need. It doesn't make you love them less. It's just like, 
it's not where I'm at. <laughs> yeah. Nope. I agree. I think that's like a really good thing actually to do. I think I might steal that. <laughs> yeah. Like if, if you had to hide my stuff, cause you're like, oh, Deanna, you're not like, you're not posting cool, like nice things. <laughs> like I want to get, I don't know. Like if I was just like, I have no examples, but you know what I mean. Like if you did that, I'll probably I never ever find out because you're not even unfollowing them, which I think is hilarious that you can do that. You can like totally hide their entire profile and still follow them. I think it's a hilarious concept, actually. I think Facebook started this first because <laughs> one time when my ex-boyfriend and I broke up and <laughs> I like changed the status on Facebook. I got this little notification that was like, it basically was like, oh, I'm so sad. Do you want to hide their stuff? <laughs> <laughs> and I was just, I sat there just like crying for 15 minutes. It's like, Facebook's really got me, huh? <laughs> oh my God, that's kind of screwed up. I don't know. Yeah, that's it was like, though. we can hide their stuff so you don't, it doesn't pop up on your feed anymore. And I was like, like, that's really sad, but thank you. <laughs> yeah. It's like, so you don't have to block them and be a total dick, but we can hide their stuff. <laughs> yeah. Which I'm like, who, like, how many times did that happen that someone had to think of that right. feature? <laughs> right. How many times did Facebook get an email request for this? Like, how many aunts and uncles did you not want to see posting things? <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, my God. So Social yeah. media is such a weird world. It's a weird world, but it's pretty fun. Like, I think I mentioned this to you like a few months ago or something, but like creating digital altar spaces has kind of helped mm-hmm. too, where it's like, that's that curating your feed and like creating an altar on your own timeline of like, this is the energy I'm putting into this. And yes, instead of this fear of like, oh, I have to be perfect in things and seeking that. Yeah. It's the same thing. Seeking external motivation rather than internal. Like you can post whatever the hell you want but make sure it's like authentic. Yeah, exactly. I think like once you do that, that's when you, like for me, like I post like, you know, health coaching things for like my business. And so like people like get out of this like diet culture mindset, like it really does attract your people and your tribe. And it's, I have like the biggest anxiety with like, (laughs) I mean, you know this, but like posting (laughs) on my Instagram, like all this stuff, but like, it's, it, I'm starting to love it now. I just feel like it's forming like a really awesome community. And like, I'm getting like great feedback that, you know, like I'm obviously only posting things like help people and like, people are very grateful, um, for that. And so it just seems to be like a good, like loving space. And I'm really starting to enjoy it now. Oh, I love that. Um, yeah, well that works when to, I just had a brain fart. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say that works into asking like where people can find you. But there we go. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) That's the question. Um, My Instagram handle is Casey Boz, K-A-S-E-Y-B-O-Z-Z. And then my website will be launched shortly, probably this week. I'm hoping, fingers crossed. Um, I'm almost done with it. When you're done with it, you can send me, I'll put it in the description so people can just like click on it. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and the last question I wanted to ask you was, I mean, we've kind of talked about it, but is there one myth that like really pisses you off about diet culture that you want everyone Mm. to stop thinking? I mean, I have a gazillion, I feel like one that's really weighing heavily on me lately is, 
um, fitness supplements. I, and this goes back to like, you know, micronutrients and everything. Um, cause a lot of like these like protein powders, like BCAAs and stuff just have like shit ingredients in there, like natural flavors and sweeteners and like vegetable oils, but it's like, they market it for like health and fitness, but it's actually just like not good. And honestly, it's not necessary unless you're like an actual bodybuilder and actually trying to put on like a insane amount of muscle mass, then I think you'd be able to supplement, but food is medicine. Like if you eat enough on a well-balanced diet, you will get all the things you're taking in your supplements from your food. And supplements are like not bioavailable. Like you probably pee out like 90% of the stuff that you're taking. It's, it's honestly just a money waster and a marketing scheme. And I think if people really focus on eating a well-balanced diet, they would save a lot of money and, <laughs> and be a much healthier version than you'll ever be taking supplements. I think that's one that's like really weighing on me heavy lately. Um, I mean, I can bring up a gazillion other myths, but I think that's one is stop wasting your money and just eat a well-balanced diet and you will be much better off. <laughs> Very simple. I like it. Um, yeah. I think that was all my questions for you. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about? Mm-hmm. What's up with you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, just trying to shift mindsets and take over the world. <laughs> I love that. I think you're doing a great job. <laughs> I mean, you're going to run for president. I honestly would love to, but I can't until I'm 35. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a stupid rule. So, this is your first podcast ever. How My do you feel? First podcast ever. Feels good. I mean, I'm glad it was with you because there's like a music conversation. Then looking at your cute face. Makes oh. feel good. <laughs> Stop. Listeners, if you haven't noticed, we're in love. Yeah, I think you can feel the love. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, um, thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me.